It says 58% of the time, men are given all the attention in the meetings. About 60% of the time, the advisors aren't even relating to the wife in the meetings. So they feel like they're kind of on the back burner. So they're not being included in the conversations. They're not really being talked to or they're being demeaned a little bit in these meetings. And I think that's, and that kind of rubs them the wrong way. It's time for the Retirement Reality Podcast with the founder of Principal Preservation Services, Mike Koyanen. I'm Ben George. He's Mike Koyanen, founder and owner at PrincipalPreservationServices.com. We're going to focus our attention today on women and, and really kind of discussing a few financial topics from their perspective and some issues that really challenging for women specifically and help out uh, that group that I know Mike works with quite a bit in his office. But I want to kick things off, Mike, uh, with a little little bit different headline uh, to get started, because this is something that everybody's talking about right now. You know, the economy's been up and down. It's been more up recently than it, it was back in March and April, thankfully. But one of the, mm-hmm. big, the big news during this whole pandemic has been the housing market and the interest rates. And with interest rates so low right now, I think they've, they've dropped below 3%, which is really crazy when you think about it and unheard of, honestly. Is this a good time right now to, to buy a home or to refinance? Is this something you're talking to clients about? Yeah, and again, it depends. Obviously, buying a house, if you're in a in in the purchasing market, I mean, where's the opportunity to get a, a mortgage at three percent or a little less, and then you go to a fifteen year, even you know, a lot lower than that? It's crazy. I mean, some you know, a lot of my clients who bought homes in the eighties, I mean, that you could say they were paying double digit interest rates, you know, twelve percent, sixteen percent, eighteen percent for when you look at comparing what it was then and what it is today. This is a great opportunity to to buy a house at such a low interest rate. And it's a seller's market too low right now because there's not a lot of inventory. So as soon as anything of price appropriate goes on the market, it's usually getting multiple offers. So um, it is a good time to buy. Now, when it comes to refinancing, it all depends on what your current rate is and where you are in your mortgage. Typically, we talk about the 1% rule. If you're gonna save at least 1% from the interest rate you're currently at, it's usually a, a good idea to refinance. Now, when we look at if you're 20 years on a, on a 30 years, you know, you only have 10 years left on a 30 year, well, I don't know if it's going to be that great of idea. You, uh, you might want, you can go to a 10, you might go to a 15, and that's even a lower interest rate. So you, you can look at those options as well. But um, no, I had, we had this conversation with a client the other day. They only had, I think it was like $70,000 in their mortgage. Paying, it's going to be paid off in seven or less years at the rate they're going at. And, and they're paying more principal than they are interest. And their current rate was right around uh, four. And when I said, with, with that small of a mortgage, when you act factor in the closing cost and they're making extra payments to it, I said, you're paying less than the four anyways because you're making extra principal payments. So it doesn't make sense to refinance for them. But especially if you have a considerable amount of mortgage, uh, uh, your balance, if it's you know 150000 or or higher, it, it typically does make sense to refinance if you're going to save at least a percent or, or more. Would you ever have thought uh, you would see interest rates below three percent for for mortgage? I mean, that's it's, it oh, seems no. absurd, right? <laughs> yeah, I remember when uh, Angie and I built a house. I think we got five and a quarter. I thought I robbed the bank, you know. So, <laughs> um, you know, but then when we bought a different home a couple of years ago, it was just a little over four, and I think that's crazy. And um, I mean, they send me stuff to refinance, but I pay extra on it. I'm, it doesn't make. I don't. I don't like adding 
closing costs into a mortgage. But nobody ever thought they see you know rates like this. It's it's unheard of. It's exciting if you're in the housing market to buy something right now. Uh, but obviously, things are different today than they were in the 80s. Obviously, we look at low interest rates, but qualifying purposes, yeah, you may only need 3.5% down for FHA or conventional 5 or 10% down. Back in the 80s, you had to put down like 20% <laughs> to a lot of these houses. Wow. So you, they had a lot more skin in the game. And then you also had these high interest rates. Uh, it's a different world. It is indeed. And if you're thinking about refinancing or if that fits into your financial plan at all, sit down with your professional, your advisor, uh, or Mike. Reach out to Mike if you need an opinion on how to uh, how to make that work within your current structure and your portfolio. But now is a great time to at least be considering it and seeing if it does make sense for you. All right. So let's uh, let's move to our main topic today. And that's those are financial issues that are particularly challenging for women. And, you know, there's a lot of different issues that impact all of us the same way. But, you know, of course, there's going to be other challenges that have varying impacts from person to person because of our situations and because they're all unique. So let's take a look at some of the financial and retirement challenges that are unique to women today, Mike. And um, Mm -hmm. let's start off with, you know, what level of engagement do you find that most women have with that retirement planning process within their household? Yeah, typically what we're seeing is in majority of the time we're finding, not always, but majority of the time, uh, we're finding the men are handling the finances in the household. And so you know, a lot of times we have meetings. We always say we we want both husband and wife to come into the seminars. A lot of times we have the men say, you know what, I handle it. I take care of everything. I'm just coming in. She doesn't really handle any of this stuff, uh, which even if that's true, we said we still like to inform the other spouse, whoever it might be, husband or male, but usually it's a female, to come in anyway so they have some idea what's going on. But that's typically uh, happens a lot that the, the ladies are kind of left out off the sidelines in a sense because the husbands are handling it and it causes other issues. You know, it causes issues if something happens to the, the male down the line and well, we just want them more involved. It uh, doesn't mean they have to understand everything and sometimes they don't even enjoy talking about finances, but we want them to have that the basic understanding of what they have. And a lot of times ladies are in the dark about even what the husbands have saved. And so sometimes that's a, the purpose of men don't want them to come in because they don't want them to know uh, everything <laughs> that they've put aside. I've been in those meetings and those uh, can be awkward. Yeah, it can be. It sounds like I would I would uh, be interested to hear how that, that conversation progresses, especially after they leave the office and maybe head to the house. Uh, well, well, here, I'll just add to that. Okay. I mean, I mean, this is, boy, I can think of this one couple about six, seven years ago. And, um, she, you know, we're just going through kind of the discovery and asking, what do you have in IRAs at the bank and all this stuff? And she was kind of out of the blue, but he's telling me and he's, I'd ask him a question. Okay, what's, you know, what do you have in your IRA here? And he's like, uh, well, like 1.3 million, you know, and he kind of paused before he gives it to me and she <laughs> looks up at him. And she goes, $1.3 million? You said we had nothing saved. And, uh, <laughs> and then we're asking more questions, and there's a, other large accounts and other large accounts. And she's like, you know what? Every time I asked to go on a vacation, you said we didn't have the money to do it. And now I'm finding <laughs> out we, you've been all this money you've been building up and hoarding, in a sense, because you haven't filled me in. So it can be awkward. Sometimes you have to be Mr. Counselor sometimes in these meetings. But... Uh, it's it, you know it wasn't my problem. I was just asking the questions. You have to have full disclosure in the household. I guess that's better than than uh, finding out that you have less money than you 
spot you were sitting on, maybe. That but. happens, too. <laughs> that, that has happened, and that's been awkward situations as well. Yeah. Okay. Uh, all right, let's, let's talk about retired women, and, and maybe let's focus on single women uh, that are retired. Why do they uh, increasingly find themselves in, in more difficult financial situations? And again, I think a lot of times they just haven't had – there's a couple reasons for that. Maybe they were married, and they weren't getting that, that attention. You know, right now, I mean, here's a an article I was you know, reading, written by, you know, uh, it says, why do advisors have such a hard time reaching women? And it, it says 58% of the time, men are given all the attention in the meetings. So about 60% of the time, the advisors aren't even relating to the wife in the meetings. So they feel like they're kind of on the back burner. So they're not being included in the conversations. They're not really being talked to, or they're being demeaned a little bit in these meetings. And I think that's, and that kind of rubs them the wrong way. And then we look at these ladies who are going through a divorce. Here's a, another article that came out just this year. 95% of women didn't use a financial advisor part of their divorce planning team uh, because they just didn't trust them. They didn't, they didn't have that relationship. But after the, the divorce was final, they said over 60% of the women wish they would have used an advisor, but they just had, didn't have a good relationship to reach out with somebody. So that's a big issue as well. There's, an, uh, there's other issues. I'm a male, but uh, ladies typically like to work with lady advisors. They feel more comfortable with that. And there's not as many female advisors in this industry, just to be honest, as you know, about 30% of the advisors in this industry are females. And there's just not as many. And so I think the comfortability between talking from a female to a male is, is sometimes just not there. Yeah, I can imagine that. Uh, a couple episodes ago, we did a show on uh, figuring out your finances after the death of a spouse and how difficult that can be. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we kind of talked about it, you know, not from a, a gender-specific perspective, just kind of everything that could be on your plate at that point. So if you want more information on that, go back and, and check it out. Uh, you can check it out on the website, principalpreservationservices.com. But what are those, some, some of the specific challenges that women face, especially when they become widows? Yeah, now... 100% of retirement is on them and they have less chance for errors, right? Because if you you have another spouse with an IRA, 401k and social security, and it's easier if you're going to make some errors along the way. When you're single now, you don't have those opportunity for errors. You really need to sit down and get that plan put together. I think it's so important to work with somebody um, because now you got to look at social security and when it, you, you lose a spouse, it's like, when do I take mine? When do I take the widow benefit? Uh, because there's options for you, you know, and you don't want to take it too early and be penalized. And so you want to have that Social Security maximization report run to find out what is going to benefit you the most for Social Security. Do you start with your, your widowed husband's benefit and then switch to yours? Or you start with yours and switch to theirs? There's a lot of different options with that. And then we have to look at did you inherit money to 401ks or IRAs? But remember, you know, when you, again, when you're by yourself, all the bills are on your name. So, you know, when you're a couple, usually you have a couple covering all the household expenses and the mortgage, if there is one and everything else. But now you're single. A lot of those expenses are really the same. Nothing really changes besides maybe food's down a little bit and less health care. But almost everything is the same in a sense. So there's just more stress, more pressure to make sure that you're not going to make those errors because um, you just you don't have you know that that extra wiggle room uh, when you had your spouse. 
Well, because things are so difficult, what would you what would you tell the husbands out there if they're listening to this episode? What would you encourage them to do to make sure they don't leave behind this financial mess to their wife, to their spouse? Yeah, and get their spouse involved. Do not put it all on your shoulders. I know that some people feel that that's my man, my man's job as my duty to take the, that stress off my wife so she never has to uh, worry about finances. I, 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 I think that's honorable, but reality is you have to get them involved. They have to understand this is what where my assets are at. You know, I have this TD Ameritrade account. I have these life insurances. I have, I have, these are what's in my IRAs. This is where all my accounts are at. And make sure you get the beneficiaries in there, but get them involved, but have regular meetings. I think that's important as well, whether you're doing quarterly at least two, two meetings a year to just to kind of go over everything. And when you meet with the advisor, the professional you're working with, bring your spouse along and let, them, let her be involved. Let her build that relationship because they're just not... And again, like I said earlier, they feel they're not being involved with that. So you have to find the right advisor. And we're finding that if something happens to the husband, majority of the time, the the, the ladies are leaving that advisor within a few months after uh, they lose their husband or after a divorce because they just don't trust them because they don't feel like they've been involved. So husbands, just get your wife more involved. Give them full disclosure, even if they don't want to. You want to make it simple for them and find a place where they know where all the assets are at. Yeah, so important to find that that advisor that fits with your needs and somebody that you can build a relationship with and trust. And you know, just thinking about that, is there any any kind of uh, story that you can think back to, Mike, where you've had experience with a widow or divorced woman that came to you and and had these issues and was facing these kind of maybe some fears about their future financially, but you were able to kind of step in and and help them get everything in order and, and get on track. You know, they're not specific stories in a sense because we deal with this on a regular basis. Um, I have had many stories, you know, so a lot of times it comes down, you know, we had to start with Social Security. Like we talked about that last episode is, you know, your foundation is is that income coming in. We have to start from the foundation build up from there. And reality is we have to find out what is that best strategy, you know, for you for Social Security. And so maybe you, you lost your spouse and you got to figure out when you take the Social Security widow benefit or your benefit. Sometimes it's, it's a divorce situation. And then your spouse passes away. Not only were you married for maybe over 10 years, but then your, your ex-spouse passed. Well, you're still eligible for that widow benefit if you haven't remarried. And a lot of people don't know that. And that can make a big difference in retirement. Or maybe what's happening is you're, you're in retirement, you're taking your Social Security, and then your ex-spouse passes away, you get a raise. You know, we can factor that in. So a lot of things like that make a big difference. And just giving people that peace of mind to know, where do these assets are going to come from? And, and putting a plan together, that's the important part because most of these you know, singles, especially women, single women, haven't sat down and had a plan put together and give you, giving them withdrawal strategies and giving them an outlook of how long their money is going to last. But you know, I, I might have shared this before, but you know, I've shared this in a lot of my social security seminars as you know, one of my clients referred me their their sister who had just lost her husband. And and she had no idea, you know, do I have enough for retirement? And I, I don't know when do I take Social Security. And uh, But reality is, uh, you know, we, we ran the report and gave her the, the best scenario for her situation. And when you know, we actually helped her sign her up for Social Security on our, on our computers in the office, but the person from Social Security called her back and told her that she couldn't do that strategy that we signed her up for. 
And so she thought I was a fraud, right? And she didn't really know me that well. She was a referral from her sister. And I said, well, they're wrong. I don't know why they're telling you that. So we did a joint phone call with this representative at Social Security together and found out uh, and left them a detailed message. And that lady called back and apologized to my client and said, I've been in this department for several years. I had to check with my supervisor about what your advisor told me on the message. And she goes, and I didn't know you could do that. (laughs) So um, it's very unfortunate that somebody working in the Social Security department who's helping people start their benefits didn't understand the benefits and was telling my client she couldn't do it until I stood up and said, no, they're wrong. But how many people were told the wrong information and it cost them a lot of money? So there's a really powerful you know, story in a sense that say you need to have somebody work for you because that could have been lost money. And that could be the difference between your retirement plan being solvent or not solvent based off of some uh, you know, lost benefits or your entitled benefits um, that you get them at the appropriate time with what you should have it and not being told something that's incorrect. Yeah, that's a great story. Thanks for sharing that one. That's a, that'll, that'll open your eyes and make you make you uh, definitely lean on somebody that you know has has your back and is, is looking out for your best interests and knows all this stuff and works in this stuff every single day. Um, but yeah, very good. So hopefully that's helpful to some of the women out there to listen to the show. And look, if you have any more, any other questions, additional questions, or want to go deeper on any of these topics today, uh, Mike and his team at Principal Preservation Services are there to assist you and, and talk about these things with you and help you out uh, as best they can. So you can find them online at principalpreservationservices.com or call them at 855-987-8888. It's time for the mailbag. We want to hear from you. Let's take one question, Mike, from the mailbag before we wrap up today's show. And we'll take it from Christy. We'll keep the theme going today. She says, I'm about to get married this summer. It's going to be my second marriage for both of us. Are there any financial issues I should be thinking about before entering into a second marriage like this? Yeah, there's a whole array of things that you could be talking about. Um, I think it's important with your new spouse or your, your fiance right now is have full disclosure about everything. And that's going to be assets. That's going to be what debt do you each bring into this relationship? Is there pensions that um, you're going to be eligible when you get married? Um, it's always important to look at beneficiaries on the accounts that you have. If you're both second marriages for both of you, as you make sure that you're getting those beneficiaries updated because beneficiaries are ir- irrevocable. If you still have your ex-spouse as your beneficiaries on those accounts or insurances, it doesn't matter. They go to them directly and... Um, they're not going to have to pay that to the current spouse. So, and it's a, I think one of the biggest things just outside of really finances is when you're coming together as one, now you have to look at estate planning. And if this is second marriage, I'm assuming your children are probably older. Estate planning gets a little more hairy in second marriages because now your kids are ad- adults and uh, your, your spouse might have children as well and they're probably adults. And when they come together, they don't grow up in the same household together. They know each other a little bit through meeting a few times a year, but they really don't know each other. And what happens is when uh, something happens and a loss of a life and one of you pass down the line late in life, we hope, is uh, that gets to be a big issue with estate planning because now you have children on each side kind of arguing and you want to make sure that estate plan is, is 
appropriate. So it eliminates any fighting and arguing when you're not there. And sometimes you need to have a, a trust called a, an AA trust, two separate trusts. You're married and you each have your own assets and you have your own trustees and you could do that. But uh, you could still get by with a traditional like an AB trust where um, you can each designate your assets to go to so-and-so or you have he has a, a trustee and on his side and you have a trustee on your side and they have to work together. So that's the hairiest situation is all the assets, where do they go and who's going to be the trustees and make sure there's no fighting. And that's the key when we're gone. We want the things we leave behind, if there is anything left behind, to be a blessing and not a curse and, and uh, have that full disclosure. And it all starts by communication early on. Yeah, communication is a key, Christy. And thanks for that question. I'm sure there's other people that have the same concerns and, and just curiosities about how to handle that. Uh, it's, a, it's a big deal. And I think it's something a lot of people are dealing with now uh, in their life. So thanks for writing in with that question. If you ever have one, send it in to us. Uh, it's principalpreservationservices.com. You can find the contact link right there on our website. Plus, you'll find a lot of other great resources on Mike's website that can help you out. They have a webinar online. All of our past uh, podcasts are listed there. Plus, there's an education tab with a ton of uh, areas to help you out with your financial planning. Mike, uh, enjoy the time today. Hopefully this helps the women out there. And if I guess you always encourage them, whatever questions they have, to reach out to you and your team to, to help sort through them. Yes, please do. And hopefully it does help. And, and don't be afraid to reach out and ask. Uh, and, and just ask for help from an advisor or just interview different advisors. You have to find somebody you're going to be comfortable with. And uh, we believe we treat everybody the same, whether that's male, female, a um, lot of assets, not a lot of assets. We want to make sure we're treating everybody equal. And that's, that's our goal here at our firm. Well, thanks, Mike, for the time today. I enjoyed it. Uh, if you are listening for the first time, make sure you hit subscribe so you can have the next episode delivered right to you. We have a new episode every single week. So look forward to talking to you again then. See you soon, Ben. Information is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute tax, investment, or legal advice. Always consult with a qualified investment, legal, or tax professional before taking any action.